I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, yes. Go away. Go away. This is Karina Evans. And if you love TV and movies, tune in and subscribe to Watch Less Podcast with Cal and Fraser. What up, guys? Welcome back to Watch Less. I'm your host, the Summer Man, co-host to my virtual right, Deputy Cal. What's going it's, on, Cal? It's weird. We st- we're still home. It's been a very long, long period of Zooming, but we're here. And we are not stopping with the guests today. You have a very special young lady by the name of Karina Evans, Whew. who you, um, you know from directing... I think the entirety of Drake's videos for Scorpion, but yeah, yeah. she has wait, she could have gone on to just be a very dope music video director. And she that, that would have been, been that would, a very lucrative career. Lucrative and she came out of the gate swinging like she would have been certified in yeah. that arena, but the true greats are never content to be locked into one box and Karina has actually stepped into the world of narrative filmmaking mm-hmm. by directing a pilot for Stars' upcoming new drama series, P-Valley. For those who don't know, directing a pilot is like a prestigious job because you are pretty much setting the tone for how a new show is going to look. Like, mm-hmm. There's no telling if, you know, Karina could come back. You know, she's obviously a very busy woman, but Word. regardless, what she does here will set the template right. for how the show looks going forward. Facts. I mean, and, and for someone like her who who who's been accomplished and had such an eye just with you know the the music video stuff she's done so far it's it's a very it's almost like a very high bar you're setting with the show of having someone like karina on it for a series like p valley i don't think you could have anyone but karina you know if if you really want to take it there and really try and challenge a viewer with 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 a different story a different way of looking at a story i think you might as well come out the gates with karina doing the damn thing and a show like p valley is definitely something that you know warrants a really really steady hand guiding it because it's definitely a show that could with the wrong person at the helm just slip into exploitation because it is set inside a a strip club and follows several of the dancers around in in their lives so you Mm -hmm. want someone who uh you want someone who, who knows the female gaze Facts. For sure. Well, and she, she gets into that a little bit, talking about a conversation she had going into the creation, or at least the ideation of the pilot, and uh, kind of like uh, uh, giving the show a set of visual rules, if you will, to, yeah. uh, you know, for, for, for future directors and, and, and visual people for the show to follow in subsequent episodes, which, uh, again, having someone like Karina at the helm for the first episode is... is it's a big statement, and for a show like P Valley, I think you need that you need that care and attention, like you were saying earlier, to take care of to taking care of to some of these these certain topics. And you know, she also goes into her her unprecedented rise, you know, which is I think something people who want to follow her footsteps could definitely use. She she gets really into how unorthodox way she came up and how quickly she rose and her influences. 
Yeah, yeah. She she's got one main influence. A lot of big influence talk. A lot and of her big, method. She yeah. her methods were interesting too. You know, talk. She was. We caught her while she was prepping some some other top secret projects. Karina Evans is definitely quickly becoming one of the most interesting filmmakers to watch. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we already know her resume, but again, getting her for something like this, it's it's more about she's a name that sparks curiosity about what she's going to do with a project and what she's going to do next. So it's like you hear Karina Evans directing TV. Is there a feature around the corner? And she was was positively cagey about it, you know? It was also because when when we were getting ready for this and I realized that she's directing an episode of Snowfall, this upcoming season of Snowfall, I actually was working on it right around the time the quarantine hit. So there's a little bit of a the future of remote, you know, filmmaking in there, if you will. But uh, once I heard she was attached again to this gritty FX show about LA and the crack epidemic in the eighties, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. I don't know what, I don't know what the episode's about, but if Karina's there, give me that shit right now. I'll, I'll take the screeners out of context. Don't care. Feed it right to me right now. And you know, it can be understated. Like we don't get into this too much because we're more about uh, discussing what she's doing now and next. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be said without shade, just objectively, that um, Drake doesn't always have the best music videos. And when she came on, I think everything she did together and individually amounts to some of the best visual work he's ever put out. Word. At the, at the very least, even if the video was just like, we're all going to get together and dance, there was there were certain narrative elements that were in there to, yes. to give the story, to, to give the video more of a feel than just, here's a quick premise so we can get to the, you know, to see this one particular shot. It's almost like I'm glad she's she's moving on and doing even bigger and better things. But it's also like if he if he has time to to call you for the new one, yeah, can you get over there? <laughs> even if it's one, even if it's on the set, even even if he has to be the weird quirk because there, there there's a there's a, a quirky Drake that's coming out in some of these music videos where he's kind of like fourth walling and you know giving a wink to the audience about being right. in on the joke. And it would be funny if like he filmed a video on the set of Snow. This is probably the last thing Karina Evans ever wants to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she doesn't want Drake to be attached to her like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is funny to think of just again, just because of their relationship and how uh, attached they were for the visuals for Scorpion. But yeah, we, we, we don't again, we don't get so much into her past. It is really about, what she's got going on in the future. And, you know, just based off of the way she's prepping and the way she's talking about it, it sounds like it's going to be something be at the very least, your eyes are going to perk up. You're, you're, you're going to be paying attention for whatever Karina's got down the pike. That's about it for now. I want to uh, get to this interview. So shit, you, you guys stick around. We'll hit you with that interview after this quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
welcome back to Watch Less. As always, but I I really love the uh, the collection of guests we're getting on the show. I know we do a lot of. It's been a, a number of actors. Um, we've had a couple of writers. Uh, shouts out to the homie Corey Jefferson. I I really want to get more directors on the show. I thought, that's why I thought it was cool that we had someone like Pamela Adlon on the show. But um, today we have the lovely Karina Evans on the show. She directed the first episode of P Valley, new series coming out on Stars. I mean, you've you've seen a lot of her work out there behind the camera. You've seen her in front of the camera as well. We'll talk about all of that today. Uh, Karina, thank you for joining. How are you doing? Oh, thank, thank you for having me. How are you guys? Uh, it's, it's Maintaining. Yeah, I mean, summer's coming in, so, you know, I don't want to give weather talk, but uh, it's, 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 it's getting kind of toasty out there. But the hell can you do? It is that time of year. We're not out of it yet, but we're, we're, we're coming towards, it feels like, a, a certain point in the quarantine situation. How have you been mm-hmm. handling the uh, the last couple months of your life? I mean, oof, child, we are <laughs> in a revolution and a pandemic, and um, that is is very heavy and, and can weigh on you, uh, as you all know and feel. But there's a lot of positive creativity and change happening simultaneously. So today, I feel quite inspired. And so, how have I been? Inconsistent, all over the place. How's that been affecting your work? Have you been getting a lot done, or is it kind of just some days are different than others? I think every day is different. Um, mm. Some days it propels me to work and write and create because I have something to say about what's what's going on or or about what I'm feeling. And other days I, you know, just have to kind of accept that it might be a write off if I'm feeling quite emotional about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ask because I, I noticed there's one, one of the credits that intrigued me the most that I didn't realize until fairly recent you were going to be a part of was a uh, season four of uh, Snowfall. Uh, yeah. I, saw, I saw your 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 peg for us episode two. Is that something that's been in the can or were? Cause I saw that they they were pushed back because of you know COVID nineteen and things. Was, was did that affect your episode at all? Um, luckily I shot my episode right before quarantine and finished the last day of my edit remotely. Mm. But for the most part, I was able to go through the process and deliver without being affected by the pandemic. Shouts out to the loyal listeners who've been rocking with us. We've been working remotely throughout the the quarantine, but I've not talked to anybody who directed anything remotely. What, what was that? Did they have a zoom for you? like how did that work (laughs) no no i mean i was i finished the last day of edit of post remote oh okay so that's 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 not too bad then okay Okay. that's not too bad i mean they do have the technology right now to facilitate working remotely but uh, Mm -hmm. i would likely go crazy (laughs) (laughs) how how much time was that roughly was it just a couple days or no, we shot for uh, eight days, and you prepped for eight days. Um, but mm-hmm. because it was my first time doing a, an episode, so it was my first time episodic directing, and obviously P Valley was my first time in television. Period. I wanted to. I asked for more time, um, okay. so I came in early, and I wanted to just immerse myself in the environment early and sort of figure out how the train moves and how I can um, jump on it without mm-hmm. rocking it too much. 
were you familiar familiar with the show before it started? Yeah, yeah I was a huge fan, so okay, I was so okay. happy to be a part of it and loved the characters, loved the storyline. Was a fan from the first season, and so mm. you know, working with the producers and and working with the actors, it was it was a, it was a, it was a dream to be honest. I loved every part of the experience. How did it feel to be on the other side? Of what do you mean? Of, uh, you know, being a fan of the show to then go being a part of the creative working team. on it. I mean, in the moment, it sort of wasn't a surreal feeling because I'm just very much focused on the job at hand. And then you, you finish the job and you're like, well, shit, what did I just do? And it kind of hits you <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> go in, go all the way in. I'm glad you um, mentioned, though, that the, the distinction between um, directing episodically versus directing a pilot, because that's mm-hmm. what really interested me about taking on P-Valley for you was that when you direct a pilot, you're pretty much establishing the language of what that show will be. Yeah. So how did you um, take that on and, and how did you come to those decisions about really building what the show's going to be from wherever it goes from now? Mm-hmm. It's through a lot of, a lot of conversation with the showrunner. I guess to take it back a little bit, when I first read P-Valley, I felt a whole visceral reaction throughout my body where I felt empowered and felt liberated through the Tories writing the showrunner and creator mm-hmm. and writer and hadn't seen this particular group of women represented in the way that she wrote them. And so I just felt like I had to be a part of it and, and, you know, pitched on it. And in my very, very first conversation with the Tory, she had said the visual style for P Valley is uh, what she coined um, Delta Noir, which, mm. which is basically adapting traditional noir principles, but putting a twerk on it, is what she said. Is <laughs> literally what she said in our first conversation. And so I somehow knew what that meant. And we spoke a lot, and I really just wanted to get into her, into her mind and into her head to see what she saw and to envision what she envisioned. And so the process of understanding this style was was very different than you know what i had done prior to that moment but it it was it was through a real collaboration and and from there i started to build out a a lookbook that was uh, uh, could serve as a, a visual bible of you know references and 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 rules to be broken or followed um mm. through conversation with her were, were you were you cool with like did you know her before you have a relationship or were you familiar with her work prior to working of on course this? familiar with her work and mm-hmm. yeah, i mean she's a god yeah, 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 <laughs> um yeah. but but was hadn't met her prior prior mm. to reading the pilot and um she's she's by god i mean she's a visionary you know and so in one single conversation with her i had already grown and learned from her and so it was just a partnership I was really interested in. Right. Well, you mentioned this was the first time you worked in TV. Were you actively looking for projects? Did it, you were you were trying to get some 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 TV swag going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, uh, I mean, I started in music videos and and love the art of, of music videos, but the end goal for me was always film and TV. And before I could really even articulate that I 
wanted to be a storyteller. Uh, I just I felt that love and itch and desire for stories. And part, I was particularly interested in, in narrative and long form, but, you know, didn't have any clue how to do it. So I wanted to practice yeah, uh, yeah. quite literally um, through music videos because I'm impulsive and I also wanted to practice on a very short um, amount of time, um, <laughs> literally on screen, <laughs> if yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, I mean, and so... But that, I mean, that's pretty dope because, I mean, you know, you're, you're just hearing you talk about it. You don't hear too many people who are able to kind of chart their own path like that. Like, and I know you, you, you in the past, you, you have a, uh, a working relationship with Director X, things like that. You know, I hear people get, you know, interning and getting put on things like that. But there's usually a pattern, you know what I mean? It's like you do a certain thing and then you get to this part. Yeah, I mean, I guess is it fair to say that you're definitely a lot more pointed in the decisions you're making for your career? I try to be, and I like to be, and I'd like mm-hmm. to think that I am. You know, before reading P Valley, I was very much in search of stories that could subvert how women were specifically represented before that moment. That could be in music videos or or just on the screen in the general sense. And so, in sort of looking for that and asking for that, when P Valley came across my desk, I, I felt like it was meant to be. And, you know, Cal mentioned X, but did you have any other, um, I guess, influences, especially in the in the path that charts from music video to narrative? Because we were just talking about, you know, Joel Schumacher just passed and he some of his early films, I remember critics describing them as like music video esque in a really positive way. Like if you look at Lost Boys or Flatliners like that. Yeah, I um my biggest influence um, is no doubt Melina Matsukas. Legend. Yeah, there, she, there's there's no words to describe her. I was very, since I was young, inspired by Melina because not only did I heavily connect to her work, but when I understood who was behind that work, I saw myself um, and then realized that um, through that, I also had a voice and, and could tap into that voice. So I'm very, very inspired by her work and, and by her path and, and her creativity and her vision. Her, her, her storytelling is just, it's really brilliant. And I think that you can see that influence in my work if, I, if, I were, if I'm honest. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm also, you know, inspired by my peers as much as I am like, inspired by the people before me. You know, I think there are so many incredible young filmmakers right now, photographers, directors, cinematographers. There's no way that you can't be inspired and, and yeah. grow in this time. Now, if we're talking the Molina path, though, when are we going to see the directed by Karina Evans feature film? Right. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot tell you exactly when, but she's working on it, folks. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess some I hope that some of that consistent work you had going on in the last couple of months was towards whatever the uh, the film will end up being. That's uh, that's my that, that's my hope anyway. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> now, you, you've also been doing a lot of acting, though. I mean, you know, I, I there, there was some talk around Firecrackers last year. You know, I think I, it, it's funny to see that you you've had directing, but you also start to look as like the acting roles are also increasing as well. What is it about, you know, a particular role that has to grab you and say, I, I want to, you know, take this person on in front of the camera? 
I mean, strangely enough, I think because I started acting and directing at the same time and started my quest to understand both of those crafts at the same time, I think what I look for on both sides is quite similar in that I'm looking for stories that I can truly offer my perspective. And if I don't have a perspective, I don't feel like I have any business being in that space of telling the story. But specifically, I'm drawn to stories that, um, you know, challenge issues of ethical issues of our time or, you know, stories that subvert a previously misconceived notion of a particular group of people or of women or black women or strippers. I'm interested in, in stories where I can see myself on screen. I can see people who look like me. I can see characters that haven't been presented before. I would say I'm most drawn to, and, I'm, and, I'm, and my goal is, is representing underrepresented communities. And we've talked to people too that said that, um, you know, we've talked to actors, directors like uh, Jay Ellis, who directed for the first time on this recent season of Insecure. And he was saying that having that proficiency in both really elevates your craft and each separate aspect. Yeah, 100%. I think that I understood what my, or found rather, my process in directing through acting how to speak to actors by uh, living in the actor headspace, how to not speak to actors. <laughs> because I, I didn't particularly like being spoken to in certain ways, so I avoid that. Um, but I think just um, the biggest benefit is understanding story on a deeper level and, and being able to have respect for both um, the director role or the actor role by uh, reason of, being in both of those spaces, it's it's allowed for me to understand the best way to collaborate. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to P Valley for a second and just ask you, like, how important was it to you and Katori, I guess, uh, that this show start at least start with a, a woman behind the lens? Like, I don't know if the plan is for women to direct the entire season, but mm-hmm. at least to set the table. It, it was very, very important to Katori. I think. Again, it's one of those things that happened in our very first conversation where we aligned not only on the story and the potential for how beautiful the story is, but we particularly aligned on the female gaze and that this story need to be told through that lens. And even in sort of innately understanding that, we had to figure out the words to articulate that to the rest of the crew. because I think, you know, one's female gaze or my female gaze might be different than her female gaze. And, and sort of what we continue to zero in on was just being able to root the camera and, and the story and her experience. And all elements drive back to that. And, it, and that's, you know, avoiding objectifying, that's avoiding hypersexualizing, that's avoiding presenting these women in gratuitous, false fashion. Mm. Yeah, I definitely got that sense from, you know, a lot of the dance scenes, even from movies and TV that have definitely been in the setting before. These felt like uh, much more, I guess, realer or grittier and true to life to what that setting really is. That's that's Katori. Like she is she is a mastermind behind P Valley and through every conversation was so passionate about the authenticity of, of everything that needed needed to be communicated and that was down to the 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 costume the clothes the the dialect you know everything that you see she 
enforce there be authenticity in that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about the last scene, too, the last dancing that is um, with Mercedes when the uh, audio cuts out and you just hear her breathing. I think that really, really puts you in her perspective. And also, I don't know if that, this was the intent, but made me like really nervous. Or <laughs> well, I mean, I myself will never be able to do that. <laughs> I don't know about any of y'all on the call, but it, it, I think that's a, a really good example of the way that P-Valley subverts the narrative of, of stripping or pole dancing or however you feel most comfortable describing what these women do. It's high art. It's a physical demanding Shout out to the editor, Hymena. That moment was to basically get audiences inside her head and and to feel what it would feel like to climb up to the top of the the pole, you know, somehow get yourself upside down and drop headfirst to the floor. And and the power that you and she has in that moment over everyone in that room. Yeah, no, it's insane. uh, Where where does that rank in terms of like some of the favorite moments or scenes you got to shoot for the the, the, the P-Valley pilot? Um, that one was special because Brandy, who plays Mercedes, had been training for weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. And she has a background in dance, but had never done pole dancing before. And so to see her journey and her progression to be able to climb up on that pole and while we we did have body doubles for the you know bigger moves like dropping head first to the ground Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but she put in so much work to be able to carry most of that routine which is so helpful as a director in the edit and, and and for the producers to be able to blend and hide the use of a body double but so it was really really special because I was so proud of Brandy and because she was like fully Mercedes in that moment. And mm-hmm. it was special to, to see her pour her heart into that. And are, are we going to see more Karina doing, you know, episodes of television summer? What, what are some of your, are there any TV shows in particular that uh, you know. rock with and you think you could add a, uh, a dope spin on? Um, no falls. Because I feel like people would say insecure, but I don't want to say insecure because I feel like that's a little too on the nose. And trust me, the Karina Evans, whatever season finale of Insecure, Karina <laughs> Evans directs will be fire. But I, I, I want to, you know, like really get a little outside the box. I would love to direct Insecure. Are you kidding? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> it is. So rightfully on the nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, I think with that, I've not been in a half-hour comedic narrative space. And so that would be really interesting for me to get into and understand that language and, and how that differs and just to be able to expand what's in my toolbox. So, I mean, I, I love Insecure for its characters and its story, but I think also just a, a, a chance of, to learn would be amazing. In that space, in yeah. the flex, I mean, they 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 do pull off some beautiful shots of a uh, of LA in that as well. So I, I think you could really, uh, g- g- given given that HBO bag, some of those, uh, some of those shots. I don't know. I don't know. Emmy's where y'all at now. What else do you watch? Yeah, I'm sorry. Like what what else do you watch on the regular TV TV wise? I should say. 
I right now I'm immersing myself more in film. Um, okay. Because, because I'm focused on the couple of films that I'm developing. I'm, mm. Studying and watching more film than than television. Ooh, all right. So you cannot talk about the project, can you? You you, you won't Share let us know what you're studying. You know, we can't get a, <laughs> a what, what, what's on a, what what's in Karina's queue this week. We we're not going to get that at all. The queue oh. curriculum. Damn, I'm trying. I'm trying, y'all. <laughs> I'm trying, but I mean, it's it's what's is what's your process like? I mean, if you let's say you're studying a film, are you? Keeping that on a schedule, are you taking days where you've got like, okay, so I'm assuming you're taking in a body of films. Are you knocking out like six back to back just to get whatever the headspace is? Or I wish, <laughs> I wish, I wish I had that time mm. too. You know what? I'm going to do that, you know, ne maybe next weekend. I'll give myself six hours and Test knock yourself. it off back to back. Um, <laughs> but um, it depends on the, the space that I'm in, uh, you know. I like to watch films that I, you know, fell in love with when I was a kid to understand what it is that I really connected about it. And if I would receive that story in a different way, being where I am now, I like mm -hmm. to watch my favorite director's films. I like to watch new foreign films that I have been recommended or haven't seen. Um, I like to watch films that are very closely connected to the two films that I'm developing mm -hmm. because there's just so much that I don't know and I don't know what I don't know and so I'm just trying to intake a, as much information as I can and you know the the sort of positive side of the the quarantine was that I had moments to do that I guess so, I mean yeah. I, that would make sense I mean I I, I hear what you're saying because I mean you're also kind of uh, I, is unconventional than the best well like you, you your path to where you are now wasn't what you know, kids who graduated high school think it would normally be, you know, so I can understand the idea of, okay, well, let me, you, 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 you can't be about what you're doing without understanding what's come before. So yeah, yeah. You, I, I, that, that, that period of boning up makes sense. Totally. I, I had to do that. Before. Matter of fact, I had to do that with snowfall to catch up. I was so behind. And I that's still why have to do that. Don't yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you can convince this man, Karina, to, to, to take some hours out of his day. Come on, it's, a, it's in the queue. It's in the queue. It's just a I lot. Mean, we're, we're we're not and because we're, we're not talking about a show that is just like, oh, it's got good action. Oh, you know, there's one guy. It's like the whole the the story is great. The, the way it's shot, the the music selection is great. Like, uh, I think top of when 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 you think of what FX does. And then think about what a show that would explore the the cocaine and crack epidemic and the effects in cities like uh, Los Angeles. This is what you get. You know, it's, it is snowfall to a T. Yeah. And I mean, can you name any other shows that have a black male lead? Exactly. An, uh, an hour long show. Cannot. Exactly. exactly. So kind of crazy that we're still saying it. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to you got to do it as a TV critic, and you have to do it for the culture. I know. Uh, yeah. One thing you did say though did make me wonder. You were talking about films, going back to films you liked as a kid. What were some of the movies that you would say are kind of like you know formative for pushing you to this field? Um, I think uh, Love and Basketball is, is strangely. Uh, not strangely, um, rightfully so, a really big influence um, mm -hmm. on me. 
because of both the director and um, the lead actress, it was the first time that I saw, like, you know, even before um, understanding who Melina was, it was the first time I saw a director who was black, who was a female, who had written and directed it. And I love every aspect of it. It's a, you know, I'm a sucker for a love story. And then also you had a, a, a black female lead. Um, so it inspired me so, so much. Um, that's a big, that's a big influence on, on my early days. Um, I loved Before Sunrise um, so much because it changed the way that I thought about dialogue um, in film and loved it so much that I didn't watch the following two films because I didn't want to fall out of love. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the following two, but I heard good things. Yeah. Tend to, I'm, tend to like it as a trilogy, I think. See, I've, I've not I've, I've not taken the dive, and I think because cause I'm, I'm a completist. I don't know if I could start watching and not finish the other two, so I... Uh, I, I, I applaud your drive on that one. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. I just, I love it so much that I don't, I want to avoid anything tainting that love. Mm-hmm. And I heard it's amazing. I heard both of them are amazing. I just, <laughs> I can't get, bring myself to do it yet. I respect <laughs> it. Let someone else enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, are there, you, you talked earlier about, um, you know, how some of you watching a lot of your favorite directors who could you name some of your favorite directors? Who do you think, um, you know, who, who really does it for you? I, you mentioned Melina, um, but who else outside of Melina would you say would be some of your favorites? Melina, Melina, <laughs> Melina, no, <I'm> <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I really am inspired by Spike Jones and, um, Barry Jenkins. Um, sure. those are Kings to me. Um, but most recently, I'm so inspired by um, the director of Last Black Man in San Francisco, Joe Ooh. Talbot. Yeah. I think I could be mispronouncing his name, but for him to come straight out of the gates with, with mastery, I'm, yeah. I was floored um, and yeah. find myself re-watching the film um, for inspiration and to reference and just for healing and, and mm. to feel the beauty of, of black faces represented in that way. It's just, it's so perfect. I love yeah. that film so much. We're, we're, we're hoping we get a, a Karina Evans project like that as well. Cause something tells I hope me too. Shoot. Are, 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 are you the type of filmmaker who's, I mean, you talk about, you know, like, you know, putting young emerging voices on, are there actors or actresses that you're like, yeah, I really want to work with them. Or are you kind of more focused on more raw and authentic stories and talent? you know, and f- filling those roles with, you know, people on that level, as opposed to someone who, you know, you might have a great kinship with, but is, you know, already seen and people already know what to expect when they come, you know, to, to, to the craft. I am a fan of both. I okay. like to work with um, people who I find are smarter than I am so that I can absorb all of that <laughs> and, and grow <laughs> from that. Um, I'm, uh, there are a lot of, of actors and producers um, that I would love to work with and, you know, hopefully can find. Um, but I'm also interested in um, working with new talent and new voices and, um, you know, 
being a part of that next generation of, of voices and, and, you know, coming up together. I have an amazing, amazing group of um, girlfriends who are all actors, and my dream would be to direct a film that they star in. Word. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of like how we were talking about how directing a pilot is setting the tone for a show, like directing a feature or something that was like a big first showcase for someone is, mm-hmm. is a crazy way to like put your stamp on it, too. From our lips to God's ears, like you said. Exactly. Earlier. I was about lips to say them. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for people that are trying to get put on, especially, you know, the voices of people of color who don't feel like they're being heard, um, What do you have any advice for how they can, you know, start to get on the path to doing what you do and aspiring to, you know, be able to put on the work that you put on um, in your career? Um. Couple things. I think the first um, thought that I have is um, to really, really believe in yourself. And that sounds like, you know, a very um, cheesy sort of saying, but there will be a lot of people who will root against you and who might not want you to be. Um, in the position that you are not in and you cannot let those people get in the way of your um, telling of the story. Just believe in yourself and focus on the story and um, don't let those voices seep in. Um, and uh, which, is, which is a very challenging thing to do um, from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm saying that to everyone else as much as I'm still saying it to myself. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is to never stop learning and growing. To never stop learning and growing. And like, you know, personally in your craft. And also just as a person in general. I mean, I, I, I think that's definitely something <laughs> we should all strive for is, uh, you know, stay learning, stay, uh, stay plugging away. Uh, Karina, thank you very much for joining yeah. the Watch List Pod last. It was a, a podcast. It was a great pleasure to have you on. Yeah, um, thank you, guys. Hopefully, whenever your uh, your your movie situation is in, when it comes to fruition, we should we'll have you back. When yes, it's less top secret. And, and I hope that. Hopefully, we can do it IRL because uh, while I love being able to connect with everyone through a computer. We need some 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 human inter- some safe human interaction. Yeah, from your lips, to God's ears. <laughs> that might need to be the, the title of the That's episode. The name of this episode. There you go. Thank you, thank you, Karina. Thank you guys so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, once again, shouts out to Karina Evans. Fun talking to her. Um, she's definitely you know we say it a lot, but I think she's one who I guess when, whenever this project comes we're going to have to have a sit down with her to really just like get into the, the nuts and bolts or even as much as she'll graciously give us about, you know, whatever the, the gestation and, and, and the, the, the manufacturing of this project that she has on the way. Um, P Valley is on stars this Sunday. It premieres her episode again, Karina Evans directed the pilot episode. So you're going to check that out Sunday night only on stars. 
run that up because if again it's 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 an interesting story it's a story you don't really see on television a lot especially getting into the nuts and bolts of it's what it's 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 the strip club world it's it's hard to uh for a lot of people to tell that story without getting too exploitative so you know if you like what they're doing you know run up those numbers before we get out of here there were um a couple of sad passings in the world of a film and television that we wanted to hit on before, before we uh, wrap things up. It's always sad when people pass. I mean, we lost two legit, like, you know, goat and legend and icon thrown around. But when you talk about these guys Mm -hmm. who literally goes back decades, multiple decades, uh, Carl Reiner, actor, comedy legend. Yeah. And, uh, Film composer Ennio Morricone. I woke up to that Ennio news, man. It's it's. Uh, I was actually listening to a lot of uh, his stuff, not just because of um, rewatching the Hateful Eight, but um, it, they, his his one of his themes from the thing was used in the first season, the Homecoming, because Sam oh, wow. Sam only used um, in that in that in that first season. I don't know about season two, but in season one, all of the music was sourced from old film and TV scores, and it was yeah, there, they, it they was it was getting to some uh, Bernard Herman Homecoming. I yeah, think. There, there, it's 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 a ve- if you really sit and and do the do the knowledge on what they pulled from for that show, it's it's a very interesting and all of the themes fit, and I think that's one of the things with Ennio. It's like it's kind of just like you knew. Instantly, like, damn, this, 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 something about those scores, man. It was he, he didn't, he didn't invent the wheel, but he damn sure perfected it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call him, literally, objectively, the goat of composing, that's not wild. Word, but I mean, you know, also with him and Carl, they were, you know, not to be insensitive, but. In a, in a year of a lot of tragic, untimely passings, mm-hmm. they were both pretty up there. So, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, when, when when you're at a certain age, I mean, you you're, you're hoping you're not hearing that you know someone's being taken because of the coronavirus. That too. Yeah. Um, it, but I think both were natural causes. Yeah, it's it's I, as I, good I, as it can be. Yeah, I think when when you're getting into like your late eighties and early nineties, you know, you're, you're you're just hoping you're comfortable and able to just chill. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, rest in peace to the both of them. Again, thank you for what you've contributed to the landscape of pop culture. Um, I do kind of. I just thought about one thing I wanted to tease you on. Um, now that uh, Tenant has been pushed to the middle of August, are you all right, Fraser? Are you okay? I'm not feeling great. <laughs> I know this is. This feels like it's the third time this this film's date's been pushed back. I mean. I'm comfortable with whatever happens. I don't want to go to the movies if it's not safe to go to the movies. Yeah. I'm comfortable with whatever happens as long as we see that in a theater. Are you... And, when, uh, and I'm comfortable knowing that Christopher Nolan will never buckle and release this on VOD. And honestly, it's kind of... The, the more pushbacks happen, the more theaters are like in real trouble, which is kind of scary. It's it's worse than I thought it was going to be when people were first asking us about it in like the, the late March, early April. Yeah. 
I thought the bounce back was going to be a little better, but I also, I mean, I can't help it. I've been ever at the end of every, I'll say it at the end of this podcast too. You guys got to be abiding by these damn rules. People want to be outside the house. Everybody gets sick again. And then you keep fucking up the entertainment. Cause now I have to wait. Now, Cause I was going to ask you, let's say they say, fuck it. End of August. We're putting tenant out VOD theaters aren't open, whatever, but you get that plug email that says, yo, special Stay. special screening. Oh. Not I'm even at that. an AM, not even at like an empty AMC, but at like a regular, like, you know, 30 seat screening room. You going? I'm in there. <laughs> the dedication. There. The if dedication. it's bigger than my TV at home, I gotta I gotta fuck with it. Are you gonna be the boy in the bubble? Or are you gonna have like a hazmat suit? Or are you just rolling in, you know, one mask? No, it's more just like I remember me and my friends laughed at this one time. We went to um, we went to the movies with us, like the usual squad, and then like one or two like acquaintance niggas, right? Mm-hmm. And then this one dude, he just rolls into the theater, like one of the dudes who's like you know just a guy we knew around school and stuff. Uh, and he just plops in a, in a row by himself. And he's like, I don't need to sit with you niggas. Which <laughs> 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 is like. All right, we came here together. 100%. That's usually how this works. I, uh, but I, I, uh, fast forward like ten or fifteen years, he might be ahead of his time. So you know, any any theater situation, I'm just like, I'm like me mugging anyone who tries to get even close to me. Like, it, yeah. I, mean, I don't think anybody would. I think it. I, I'm trying to think of the times when you and I have gone to screenings. Uh, surprisingly, we've not gone to as many screenings as, as you might think we have together. But uh, there's been a couple times where we've had a seat in the middle. But it's usually yeah. I feel like that's a guy, a normal guy thing. So yeah. Like, same, if, if guys have the option, they'll leave that that one seat in you, between. You, you treat movie stall, movie theater seating like you do urinal stalls in the bathroom. You got to. But gotta, in this case, I think whenever theaters open, whenever the first time I go to see something, which will likely be tenant, because really. That's the the movie the theaters need. Yes. To really get people back in there, but yeah. whenever that is. Uh, I think everyone should operate under the assumption that I'm saving seats for like five friends. <laughs> <laughs> I bought I bought this whole row out. Don't worry about it. You know. Yeah. Is, is that is that the wave? Do you just have to buy the row out? You might regardless? need to. I, I mean, again, I think, and we'll get out of here in a second. But I think just listening to what AMC was doing, it sounds like if if there's 250 seats in that theater, there's they're supposed to be only selling seats for 125 people. And I guess that's also supposed to include, you know, the idea that there are seats in between. Well, you know what everybody. I just thought of, too? For at least traditional movie theaters, obviously the ones that are kind of dying in and recliners are different and they have a little more space. But a normal movie theater, at least, the back row just became like premium. Yes. Yeah. I used to only anywhere go else you have people over you, too. Yeah. Yeah. It'll... I don't know. I... I because I'm in the middle, if I was in New York, I think it'd be a different situation. Because I'm in the middle of Jersey, I have no plans of going anywhere, even work. Like un- until I know it's it's transit is safe and and because I, I got to go. If I don't catch an Uber to the train station, I got to catch a bus to get on a train to get on a subway train to then go to whatever spot with a with a screen is going to be showing a movie. I could die by the time I get back home. Like I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's worth it yet. 
Spike said November, crossed. December. Maybe I think when I'm, I'm thinking February. I mean, we might have to do a full episode on this, but I think to wrap it up, I just hope whether it's the government or maybe like you know the the big money guys like Spielberg and George Lucas, like mm-hmm. they need. It sounds like the, the theater chain is going to need some real, real help. Yeah, they might. They might need to establish. Actually, let me say let me save my idea for people that have money and want to pay me for it. <laughs> um, once again, thanks again, Karina Evans, for for hopping on the pod. I don't want I don't want to waste any ideas. Um, and and, and but, I know how some people are. You know, they oh no, I've been there. They listen in the pods. They sniping. They sniping. But no, Karina Evans, once again, director of P Valley. That episode uh, that that debuts this Sunday on Stars. Um, we're dropping this pod still. Corona, no Corona, whatever. As long as we're here. We'll drop it every Wednesday, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you can tune in to watch less. Um, wherever you get your podcast from, if you could subscribe, drop us a review, a, a rating, share with your friends, boost the signal, let people know what we're doing so we can continue to do it. Um, get at us on at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram. Get in the conversation, but don't be silly about it. Um, I did see, I forget homegirl's name, but I did see there was one commenter asking me if I finished normal people. I haven't yet. I, once I have finished it, I will respond to your comment. I didn't see that. But actually, you know what? I didn't finish either. Yeah. I, There's I, a moment where it just hits the skids. It, uh, we can get into this later, but mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't need, it might be too long. I was going to say 10 seems like a lot for that, that story. Because there's a moment where it, it just starts to really feel redundant and all my will to keep watching it just stopped. No, I feel you. It's, it's, I, I wanted to get some stuff done this weekend, but I didn't, but I promise I, I, I didn't respond. It's not that I haven't seen it or didn't want to respond. I just, I want to respond with, I've seen normal people. Let's talk about it. So we'll it's get no to no outer banks. It, it was no outer banks at all. In so terms I, of compelling you to finish. I do want to finish normal people. I just need to take the time. But yes, get in the conversation. We will hit you back. I promise you. Um, until next time for Frazier, my name is Cal advising you as always, wash your hands, bring some damn sanitizer. Before you leave the house, make sure you got that mask on you. I know we've all left and had to double back because we ain't have that shit. So put it wherever your keys are, wherever your wallet is, do whatever you have to do. Six feet behind the person in front of you because that's what they say so you don't catch this shit. But be smart. Don't be a dickhead out there. Tune in and watch watch less. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior booker, Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. And our senior director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less as a part of the Complex Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.